Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. We have a great new series for you guys that Julie and I have been working on for the past week. And by the way, this podcast series is a result from all the questions that we get from all of you when you message us over on Instagram, especially, or just text us or email us or whatnot. So what it is, it's our chaos to calm, and this is our 12-step stress-busting plan. So we're going to walk you through step-by-step on what you can be doing to get back in control and stay in control of really your mindset, but ultimately what we're wanting you to do is learn how to manage your energy and then so that you can start getting more duplicatable, predictable results. So without any further delay, Julie? Yes, and you said it right. One of the most common questions we get from podcast listeners via your email and your texting, as well as, of course, coaching clients, is the following. It sounds something like this. I feel out of control with my time. I'm spending a ton of time chasing after scarce listings for my buyers, negotiating multiple offers on my listings, and then putting out fires on my pendings. So how can I get back into control? Really, it is a time management question that is wrapped up in a lot of stress. And you're wondering, what's okay to stop doing and what must you never drop when you're feeling out of control? There's an old saying that goes like this, if you're not controlling your time, someone or something else always will. So that's why we have a 12-step action plan to turn off the stress and get you back into success. So here's what to do to temporarily let go of. Here's what to temporarily let go of versus what to keep when you're time-starved, overwhelmed, and super busy. Turn that stress into success by making great decisions and, of course, taking action on those decisions. There's a quote from Bruce Lee that he said, it's not the daily increase, but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. You know, so that's, that's one kind of, of the, our theme. Yeah, I love that too. That's an awesome quote. You know, that's something that you and I committed to at the beginning of this year. Yep. I remember you and I made a list of all the, you know, Julie and I are big into lists, but one of the things that we realized was we are, we are focusing on too many things. We are playing on writing a new book. We wanted to create some new products. We want to do all the rest of it. Um, and then we were essentially at a point where we weren't doing the things that really mattered the most. We weren't doing them at the highest level. So we aggressively went after what we thought was important and we got it down to three to five things, which by the way, number one was this podcast. Yes, indeed. And so a lot of you guys have noticed that Julie and I are spending a lot more time podcasting and really drilling down even further into the details. So much so it's probably at our detriment because some of you guys say, I love your podcasting so much. I can't imagine what coaching is like. I just get so much from the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is important to know that this podcast you know, and I do appreciate the great feedback and all the five-star reviews. It is just real estate training. And if you really want coaching where there's actually somebody working with you to help you move your, uh, you know, your business in the direction you want it to go, help you to stay focused on being of service to other people, getting your skills on, obviously making a lot more net profit. That's what coaching is all about. And we've made it super easy for you to join for free. And all you got to do, and obviously the easiest way is just to scroll down and in the uh, description of today's show, whether you're on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, does not matter 
where in the world, just scroll down and look at our notes and there's a link right there you can join. Or you can just go to premiercoaching.com, premiercoaching.com and join. And you get immediate access to the first level of Premier Coaching. And yes, that does include a free semi-private coaching call with one of our hair certified coaches. So just go to premiercoaching.com or of course, just click the link in the show description and over on YouTube and whatnot and you can join right away. No problem whatsoever. And thanks to the 114 of you that joined in the last 30 days. It's our pleasure and our honor to be your real estate coaches. Those of you in Premier Coaching, uh, make sure you are not just listening to the podcast, but you're actually drilling down and most importantly, attend your daily semi-private coaching call. Because if you love this podcast, which literally millions of you do, you're really going to love Premier Coaching. So just like I said, click the link in the description, in the bio, in the you know show notes, or just go to premiercoaching.com. All right, so here we are at part one and point number one. As often, we have a mindset point to start out with. Mindset check, are you really that busy or are you just disorganized? Take a day to get real about what you're actually managing. Sometimes just dedicating a day or even two days, some of my grizzled veterans that have many, many plates spinning, maybe a week, but at least a couple of days to get a grip. Maybe that's all you need. So stop telling yourself that you are, quote, overwhelmed. Instead, your affirmation is that you are surrounded by opportunity. Isn't that more accurate? Isn't that a better mindset? When you do this step first, you'll realize that your state of overwhelm is actually temporary versus allowing it to become a lifestyle. Now, let me also, this is, I think, in alignment with your mindset um, you, that you just started out with with your point. In real estate, and we tell you guys this constantly on this podcast, it's super critical that you never forget this. In real estate, there's really only five things that you have to master. Julie's always going to say there's a sixth one, so we'll agree with that in a second. But it's proactive lead generation. It's uh, effective pre-qualifying, you know, very good pre-qualifying. It's presenting, it's negotiating, it's closing. And then if you, after you proactively lead generate, if you did not set the appointment, you know, from the pre-qualifying, then you can interject a furiously fast lead follow-up or lead follow-up. But in your business, I'll say those things again, proactive lead follow-up, I'm sorry, proactive lead generation for listings, pre-qualifying, um, you know, presenting, negotiating and closing, and then very good lead follow-up. If you just get good at those things, you can be terrible at everything else in real estate. And I, I, I have absolutely positively mean it just as I said it, because guess what? All the other things are easily delegated. And you know, it's amazing, Julie, there was, uh, what, three people last week, three companies last week mm -hmm. that have, uh, were asking you and I to be involved in the development of, wait for it, listeners, wait for it, AI virtual assistants to do transaction coordination for you. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely see how this is gonna be something that all of you will be wanting to use within the next 30 days or less. It's extraordinary. So what's gonna happen is if you're, it's KB Core, if it's doesn't matter what your widget is that you're, I'm sorry, if it's um, you know, SkySlope or one of the other CRMs that manage your transactions, there's AI that's being developed, if not developed, which will interact with you, the customer, the title, the escrow, the, all the things that normally a human does, which by the way, most of which they do in text and voicemail anyway, it, in email, it's all gonna be done by AI and it is going to be extraordinary. Oh, and yes, by the way, AI can even call people using a real AI voice that's indistinguishable from a real human and have real time without delay conversations. So again, what point is, is the things that AI will not be able to take from you ever <laughs> is going to be your proactive lead generation, voice to voice communication, actual human to human, I should say, communication human to human, yep. is going to become more important than ever because AI is never going to really be that good at being able to read people that you can do 
without even realizing you're doing it because it happens intuitively because you, you know you're a human, right? And you have millions of years of evolution that made it so that you actually can communicate with people just off their, uh, their facial expressions, their, their inflections and their voices and all the rest of it. Technology is a long way to go to catch up for that. that but so many agents, so many humans right now in sales don't have, uh, never have developed the ability to actually have meaningful face-to-face, belly-to-belly, or at least voice-to-voice conversations. But when you do that, you're going to have an advantage. So as everyone else thinks that their whole world is going to be run by something digital, you go the opposite direction. And that's where you'll find your most opportunity. Because the more people do rush to digital, the more valuable people that actually can have meaningful conversations will become. So I'm going to say this list again. If you're feeling overwhelmed, Just get to learning and accepting the fact that the five core activities and six being obviously lead follow-up are proactive lead generation, absolutely killer pre-qualification, presenting as in a listing appointment, negotiating, closing, and then lead follow-up. You do those things at the highest level, you will have absolutely no ceiling on what you can accomplish, certainly in real estate. That's exactly right and well put. That brings us to point number two. Related to what you just said, proactive lead generation cannot stop. You just talked about you can hire AI, you can have a transaction coordinator do virtually everything else except for your proactive lead generation. This is awesome. <clears throat> excuse me, this is also the first thing that agents drop when they get even a tiny bit busy. You must actively pursue new qualified appointments every single workday even when you're really busy. Especially when you're really busy. Especially when you're busy because that's when you're the worst at it. And, this, and, and yeah. you can get a lot of uh, leads from the people that you've sold houses to, listings. If you actually solicit the people, the seller who you just sold their house, you'll be shocked or shouldn't be that they happen to know 10 people that are also thinking about selling because that for sale, they everywhere they went, they were talking about selling their home. They're talking about moving. Their neighbors asked them about this. They're having a garage sale. They are going to be, if you ask them, your best lead source ever. Yes, funny you should mention that because the next sentence was, this is the most important action you take daily, whether you have pending transactions or not, whether you have active listings or not, always on every call, whether it's a home inspector or a lender, a past client, a pending, ask, whom do you know who could use my help buying or selling real estate? You make a lot of calls, even if you maybe don't have an active buyer or listing right now, you're still taking after those deals. Now, some of you are going to think that's a too direct of a statement, so we can slightly reframe that. Who do you know? Uh, who I should be helping in this market to buy or sell a home. Or even better, who are the three or four people you know that I should be helping in this market sell their home? That's right. Who Who is maybe wondering what their house is worth? You know, we see all these headlines. Who should I be talking to that you already know? Now, make the commitment to a minimum standard of contacts every workday. Refer to, there's two great podcasts, that podcast series actually, that will help you with this. Refer to our previous podcast series about how to list and sell 23 homes this year, as well as lead generation from best to worst. I think those are both multi-part series, and that'll really drill down and help you with this need to make contact every day. And go back to Julia's Bruce Lee quote, right? One of the first things you should be doing if you feel overwhelmed is you need to be running things through a filter. All the things that are showing up on your to-do list assuming you have one, those are that you need to go through every single one of those things. There's an old, um, you and I didn't think of this, Julie, but it's do it, delegate it, or ditch it, right? Mm -hmm. And so the only things that you should ever uh, be, you should be always doing the five activities that we uh, expressed to you guys, that we just told you, what we just told you about. But remember, the problem with delegating is oftentimes when you guys delegate, you abdicate. In other words, you're going to assign a task to somebody else, but you're not going to hold them accountable. 
Poor leaders always act like that. Poor leaders are basically poor leaders because it comes down to one thing. They're, lead, they're lazy leaders. So they'll delegate it to somebody and they'll never follow up and making sure it was done, let alone being done at a high level. The, this is another one of the bugaboos with people that have big teams and whatnot. They're going to say, well, I delegate to everyone. I have this big staff. Who holds the staff actually to getting things done at a certain level? I have systems that hold them all accountable. Okay, who's holding them accountable to following the systems? You guys get it? So that's the reason. And you read, Julie and I consume biographies, especially of famous and, you know, obviously uber successful business people. And one of the constant elements with all of it is they will definitely never completely abdicate their control over the people that they're overseeing. It doesn't matter who it is. They're going to have a way of monitoring whether that person's actually doing their job. I mean, we could talk about that as a separate podcast altogether. We should. should. That's absolutely right. (laughs) Okay. Now here's a secret. This is all still part of point number two. This thing that we're talking about right now, this is the quintessential top producer and up and coming top producer arch nemesis. What is that? Getting busy, then dropping the ball on virtually everything else. It's the number one reason agents experience feast or famine. And no, it does not have to be that way. I see agents, I read stuff that you guys post online. Well, that's just normal. It's just normal to have feast and famine in real estate. You're a salesperson. Cash spurts instead of cash flow. Right. I mean, in the industry, a lot of, again, I think, Frankly, bad advice has been, you know, passed along through the generations that it's normal to have cash spurts. Oh, had a good month, crappy month, good month, crappy month. If you guys, can you imagine any business operating like that? Right now, I get it. Some businesses are more seasonal than others. That makes sense. But the reality of it is, is in real estate, provided you're doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level every single day. Remember, Julie, at the start to Julie's second point with regards to never stopping the proactive lead generation, as long as you stay on a steady diet of that every single day, no matter how busy you are or busy with air quotes you are, Mm -hmm. you're always going to have a steady stream of fresh, new uh, potential seller leads for you. Again, we focus primarily on helping you guys get listings because frankly, when you have listings, you will have no uh, problem finding buyers. Well, that's right. And having listing inventory does iron out a lot of those ebbs and flows. So before we get to point number three, just reminding you guys, we're talking about what to absolutely keep doing and what to uh, maybe temporarily drop. So point number three, deadlines cannot be ignored or procrastinated. This is one of those things that makes you feel overwhelmed is because you get out of control with that. You can lose a deal by losing track of time or having misunderstandings with the other side of your deal. Remember that people scan through DocuSign, including all of you, without really realizing what they're signing. You cannot be part of that. Use a transaction coordinator or up-and-coming AITC, possibly, if this is getting out of control. Don't screw up earnest money deposits, contingency releases, or inspection dates just because you're behind and feeling overwhelmed. You've got to get clarity and or get help. Now, this goes hand in hand with our first point, which is take a day or two to get a grip. You are probably experiencing temporary feelings of overwhelm versus making it a lifestyle that you're disorganized all the time. Because when, and this is one of the reasons people get into coaching. I hear this all the time. Because if you make it more of a lifestyle and you start to believe that that's just how real estate is, then you wake up one day saying, I need systems, I need some help with this. What happens is agents will reach a speed limit if they don't get in control of this stuff. And it's different for people. So, you know, sometimes there's agents that can only handle three deals at once. They feel like the world is crashing in on them. Other more experienced agents, maybe they can handle six or eight, but they haven't broken through that because they're not sure how to systematize, how to get TCs, et cetera. So number four, keeping your visual accountability and whiteboards updated cannot be ignored or put off. In order to know if you are on track ahead or behind, 
do this daily, update them daily. Don't ignore your visual accountability whiteboards just because you're currently on track or ahead. Not tracking your business is what will make you behind in a matter of days or weeks. So we, we've been referring to this uh, whiteboards, right? And we teach the drill down in coaching about that. Well, let's just drill down again so they know where to get the, right. the plan. So when you uh, become a premier coaching member, you will, uh, in the first level, be given something called the real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. And in there, the whole whiteboard concept is laid out. But really, at the end of the day, it's exactly what Julie just said. We want you to use whiteboards when you're tracking the most important things in your business, which, by the way, there's hardly any important things in your business when you're focused and, you know, frankly, coachable. Your goal is to become a great listing agent. Your goal is to build up to a certain number of listings at all times, five or ten. Track your pendings. Exactly. And track your best leads. Beyond that, guys, a lot of this overly analytical CRM, deal flow, funnels, and all the rest of it, what that is is the very definition of something you shouldn't be focusing on, and that's what's causing you stress. There's some, I, Julie and I learned this concept from Elon Musk, and it was great, right? So anything that is um, – you want to build a system that's uh, essentially anti-fragile, right? And there's a lot of, uh, what was it, threat vectors. Mm-hmm. And so if there's too many threat vectors, in other words, if there's too many things in your system that are potentially fragile, you're inevitably always going to be worrying about whether something broke. And so if you've got a whole complicated system that this, you know, app, Your funnel, this a right, this a, a, API talks with this API talks with this API. Oh, that code's been changed. This, da, 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 da. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Others of you, it's even worse. You've hired somebody else to basically do mission control and all that insanity. That is what gives you stress because you cannot ever hold anything accountable, let alone one of these marketing widgets. Now, why did you originally do it? Because someone sold you that you had to do it. What if I'm here to tell you, or what if you're willing to listen, that you don't have to do any of that stuff? And you probably never really did. That is so anti what most of you believe, that it's in some cases shocking. But I want you to ask yourself, if you were to just every single day, Focus on those five core activities. You wake up every single morning. Number one job is to basically set a pre-qualified listing appointment. We teach you how to do that. Um, and then after that, obviously, you're going to go on the, uh, the appointment maybe that you set yesterday. And let's say you're taking 90% of the listings you go on. And let's say your goal is to have five, maybe seven listings at all times. What That's called the magic number. If those of you who aren't familiar, I'll just briefly explain it. Every single one of you have an average sale price that's going to be approaching $400,000, $425,000, which is amazing, but that's the average sale price in the United States. So I think we can collectively agree that the average commission would be roughly $10,000, right? So if your average commission is $10,000 and you've got, uh, let's say, five listings, then the average is, um, you know, basically when one of them sells, you're going to make $10,000. If you had five at all times, five listings at all times, guys, this is your real estate business model. Sorry if it's not more complicated, but this is really how it works. If you have five listings at all times and you had two or three of them go on contract at all times, not double-ending any of them, not working any buyer sides, no referral fees, nothing. You have three go into contract every single month. You're making $360,000 a year. You know, wash, rinse, repeat, right? So if you wanted to make more money, then you increase it to seven listings at all times, then 10 listings at all times. And the sale-through ratio will work out identical. Why do you want it to be complicated? Why do you want it to be more complicated? You've really got to ask yourself that question because it really is that simple. And this is the best time to become a listing agent that I've seen certainly in the last 15 Absolutely. years. Absolutely, It's incredible. It is. You know, what's also fascinating too is I know a lot of the people, the air quote coaches on YouTube listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. 
because I can tell because they repeat <laughs> a lot of the things that I we know. say. And a couple of them actually have been honorable enough to admit that they get their content yes. from us, which is, I mean, they, okay. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But they don't know actually how to tell people to go proactively lead generate because they never have themselves. Right. So that's where the rubber meets the well, road. Well, they know to say it, but not to demonstrate how to do it. Exactly. So if you were to go to somebody who's never actually, you know, proactively lead generated for a living because they've only been selling real estate since like the last 10 years or, you know, they've never had to because the market's been completely, this market has been for a long time because of all the money that the Fed has been injecting into the economy through quantitative easing and all the rest of the things that now are coming somewhat unraveled. It's been like a cracked up squirrel. Yes. I mean, that's the sure. best way to describe it. And so a house was going to sell with or without you. A buyer was going to buy with, with or without you. So that's the reason that everyone thought, well, I just should become a brand. I should. It should all be about my brand and all about marketing mm -hmm. and all about the rest of it. Well, all of that is, by the way, all of that has been, uh, you know, those types of trends have come and gone for decades in real estate. And they only happen during hot sellers markets because agents are stuck wondering, well, why am I making this money? You're like, why am I, why did I get that listing? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? It's because you were in the right place, said the right thing to the right person. You made an effort. You had a conversation or somehow basically you got that lead. They were going to buy with or without you. They were going to sell with or without you. Now it takes some skill. Now you're going to have to learn how to compete. Don't struggle with the, uh, don't struggle with the change because it's going to, it's already happened. And the agents that are making all the money now are a lot of them are the agents that were making the money before, especially if they've been in the business long enough that they'd lived through cycle uh, cycles before, like maybe the great housing crash of 0708. But for a vast majority of you, you've not done this before. That's the reason you need to join coaching. And that's the reason you need, really need to drill down and get your business and your mind around the idea that you only have to master three to really, you know, five things in your real estate business. And there's no limit to the amount of money and the people you can help. That's right. So how do they get involved with coaching then? Well, obviously just, just in, you know, go to premiercoaching.com, premiercoaching.com or click the link in one of the descriptions. You know, Julie, I was wondering, and, I, and we've done this live mm -hmm. a billion times. Mm -hmm. It is fascinating to me why the human brain, it's not just in real estate, but why people want things to be more complicated than they are. Like, you know, you and I mm -hmm. begrudgingly go to the gym every day. And yes, I know some of you get um, perverse and uh, enjoyment from, uh, our watch, suffering. from our suffering on Instagram. So if you want to see those pictures, go for it. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, that's Julie and I doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do it at the highest level. But I've seen and heard and talked to people at the gym that d want to sit around and talk about what to do and talk about all these extra little whatnots and, you know, but they don't actually do the work. That's right. They're they coming up with an elaborate strategy. Exactly. Why don't you just do the work? You know what you're supposed to do. I mean, today, or no, it was yesterday, I had, Julie and I had somebody come visit us and he said, uh, he, you know, obviously gained weight. And he said, I think I need to lose uh, 15 pounds. I didn't say anything. Julie and I didn't say anything. And so I went on a walk with him and I went, you know, it was six miles and he was not having the best of times on the six miles. And then I, towards the end of the, you know, he, he would, he basically was delusional about this, you know, physical situation he was in. And so then he, he asked me for a little bit of advice on what he should do. And I said, well, first thing you got to start with the reality that you're not just 115 pounds overweight. He laughed and, you know, he, he said, oh, I'm only 10 or 50. And I said, okay, go online right now and you put in your height and then you put in your weight and let's see what the thing says. And he went to like, I forget where it was. He's, he was like almost 50 pounds overweight. Yes. Well, let me, because you do this naturally, you're trying to help him as right. a friend. And he was willing to be And confronted. he was coachable, right? right? So, but let me just, 
isolate this because I don't think you even realize what you did there. You were right in goal setting, specific, measurable, okay, attainable, written down. He had he had the idea, he had the dream that I need to lose some weight, I want to get in better shape. You helped him to drill down by being specific how much, how are you going to do it and by when, right? So just that little thing made his goal a lot more clear to him, I think. Well, exactly. And, and you know, he's 60 years old, so he's not any, you know, obviously he's not in the greatest of shape. He's not in bad shape, but he's, he needs to lose 50 pounds. That's a lot. 50 it pounds is. is a lot. So I told him a little bit about some, you know, obviously low carb and how we can start doing walks and all the rest of it. We created kind of a little mini plan. But your point is it was not complicated. No, that was the point. It was not complicated. Here's the point. And, and here's the other thing. I, and I had to tell him this three times because you didn't want to hear it. I said, so what happens is people, as they age, I asked him, why do you think people get fatter the older they get? I mean, that's probably exactly how I said it. And he said to me, well, he had all this big, last, long, complicated answer. The med, I can't, Metabolism. Med, and then the whatever, and the stars aren't in alignment, and whatever you're, I don't know, whatever, whatever. I said, well, here's the reason why. It's because you exercise less because you are hanging around with other people your age that are exercising less, and you're eating the same amount that you did when you exercised more. So you haven't actually reduced your portions of food probably for 50 years, you know, uh, you're still eating like you were a teenager. You're probably eating better quality stuff too, because you can afford to, yeah, exactly. right? Going out to steak a little more often. Well, whatever. I mean, steak doesn't make you fat, you know but I mean. yeah, then I told him about, so, you know, your portions are too big. You're obviously not exercising. Common sense stuff. And then we had this conversation. We kind of created a plan. I tell him, told him about uh, semi-glutite, which a lot of our friends are taking. You guys should look in that too, if you want to lose some weight. Semi-glutite definitely works. Uh, FDA approved to help people lose weight. It's kind of astonishing. Some of our friends that, um, I mean, it was honestly, we've seen some people that look like different people from the they weight they've lost. They are shrinking before our very eyes. Low carb. It doesn't have to be crazy workouts. Semi-glutite, the combination. So I gave him that particular plan. It's not complicated. I did not go into some long diatribe of how he's supposed to keep a journal and how he's supposed to do all the rest of it, which is typically how people think they have to act. Well, I have to join Weight Watchers. I have to hire a trainer. I have to do all the rest of it. What is it about the human mind, the human condition, that wants things to be more complicated than they have to be? And I'll tell you what I honestly think mm. now that in my mm -hmm. you know, ripe old age is I truthfully believe that people want things to be complicated so that they have an excuse yes. to have things fail on them. That way they have an excuse not to actually having done the, the work. It's the plan's fault. It's the plan's fault. Exactly. That's what I honestly think. I do too. I think they basically want something that is intentionally fragile mm -hmm. so they can blame the thing when they fail. I'm smiling because I hear this from agents that make the commitment to be a more proactive lead generator, but they handcuff themselves by saying that they w their commitment is, I'm going to prospect between the hours of 9 and 11 a.m. every day. That way, if you don't do it between 9 and 11 a.m., you don't have to do it, and you have the excuse that that time frame just doesn't work for you. I got even a better one because this one's Or nobody's fresh. home. That's the other one. Right, of course. Well, when did you go? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I called uh, my centers of influence past clients. Okay, great. When did you call them? I called between like work hours. 11 and like 3. Oh, you mean when they're at work? When they're running errands. Oh, I ever get his voicemail. Oh, brother. Okay, uh, uh, so here's another one. I had a. Um, 
it was on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Someone messaged me, Tim and Julia, you guys talk about Red X all the time of being one of the, you know, yes, guys, Red X is a great source to get your expired listing information. So this person was saying, I use Red X and I don't get very good information, da, 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 da. I said, okay, well, let's have this conversation then, mm -hmm. even though we've had it a million times on the podcast, and I know you've heard me say it, you just choose not to listen, so we're going to do it now in uh, you know, Instagram uh, chat. So I said, how big of a geographic area, how many different zip codes, area codes, whatnot, are you pulling from for your Red X expired data? And he said, well, I'm just going within my particular, he, tried, he knew where I was going, mm -hmm. and he was trying to avoid answering the question. I said, no. How many specific homes in the area, like total, are you having Red X essentially monitor for you? How many different MLS areas or zip codes or whatnot? And then he finally confessed that he had set his Red X, Red X system up to fail. Basically, he was only working his particular neighborhood, which let's say it was probably about 1,500 homes, and that's it. That's how big of an area he actually set Red X to explore yeah. for new listing or new listing opportunities and new expires for him. And of course, there's not going to be enough in an area like that. So I told him to do, as I'm telling all of you guys to do right now. And by the way, if you want to subscribe to Red X, it's definitely what you need to do, be doing right now. I should have already done it. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Uh, and then you will get a, a link back where you get a $150 discount and you get started. But here's how you got to set it up. You want to definitely uh, pull up as many old expireds as you can. Go back a year, number one. Number two, pull up the largest geographic area that you can. You want to create more opportunities. Julie said this, create more opportunities. Don't look for reasons to fail. Don't look. So what he was doing is he didn't really want to do what he didn't want to do and he didn't want to do it at the highest level. He didn't really want to actually have to proactively lead generate to expireds. He didn't want to actually have to learn the scale skills. He, he confessed all this, by the way, listeners. He didn't actually want to do the work. He was being lazy. That's the only word for it, lazy. And you know, he was setting up a system that would reinforce him not doing what he didn't yes. want to do when he didn't want to do it at the highest level. Are you listeners? I know you are. How are you doing it? And are you going to blame the external? Oh, Red X wasn't giving me the data I needed. Red nope. X doesn't work very well. Exactly. You're doing that intentionally so you don't have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. You know, it cracks me up so many examples because, and yet, you know, we, we joke about this just because it's repetitive and we, you know, we've been doing this a long time. Remember back in the housing crash where agents would want to list uh, REOs, but they would put into their search criteria, only luxury. I'm, I know. If I'm going to work foreclosures, they'd better be at least a million and up. Well, guess what? There weren't that many in the higher price ranges, so then you would blame whatever system you were doing. So you have to get away from overcomplicating everything. Remember our original quote, the Bruce Lee quote at the top of this podcast, it's not the daily increase or overcomplication, you might say, but the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. Make things more simple, not more complex. And yes, that means that you have to be accountable when it actually works. But guess what? That's actually a lot easier and a lot less stressful than what some of you guys do when you overcomplicate it. And here's the thing. Also, there are no secrets to getting rich. There are no secrets to becoming successful. There are no secrets to anything that you want in life. The information is right there. You, If you find yourself attracted to someone trying to sell you the idea that there's a secret, it's because, again, you're overcomplicating it. We've already told you a billion times in this podcast, over 2,000 shows, 
exactly what the truth is. How do we know it's the truth? Because we did it. Oh, what? Yes, we did it ourselves for a long period of Many time. Many times. At a very high level. But also, we have had over, between Julie and I, at least 200,000 one-on-one coaching calls. That's not to mention what our dozens of coaches have done over the years as well. So we know what we say works, but you, some of you, want it to be more complicated than it actually is. You want to think you have to have some big, ridiculous CRM that's doing all this elaborate dripping and dropping and whatever else, you know, this sounds slightly profane. Gross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? So get on course, though. Get on course by signing up for Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372 because then the, one of the first things you'll do is your personal business plan. That's the treasure map. And the reason I mention that is because our final point here, there's a rule in aviation called the one in 60 rule. When a plane veers off its course by just one degree, it misses its target destination by one mile for every 60 miles it's flown. That would be like thinking you're okay, well, I'm only off by one degree. You were headed for Miami, but you ended up in, you know, Atlanta. You Googled that. I did. I know you did. (laughs) But you're the plane, guys. You've got to stay on course. Visual accountability is the dashboard of your business. Proactive lead generation is the fuel for your plane. Don't get off course. I, you know, Julie, I, I know we're not supposed to talk about AI that much because some people are getting glassy eyed from it. Yeah. But it, I'll it's t- coming though. But it's I'll not going you, away. I'll tell you something that's interesting. Do you remember two weeks ago on our podcast, and I spent a lot of time trying to figure all this out? There are AI add ons, right? So you yes. would have, and an, like an add on would be somebody makes a widget that's supposed to specifically work that essentially will communicate between Chat GPT 4. And then, for example, like um, Skyslope or something, right? So we're talking about transaction coordination. So then there would be API that was created, all this nerdy stuff you guys don't need to worry about. But here's actually what's happened in this two weeks. All the people that were making the add-ons, all the people that were making the widgets, all the people that were making these added tools who are, you know, probably spending a lot of time creating these things, in two weeks, that whole concept has become obsolete because mm-hmm. now there's uh, essentially a, a new version of um, ChatGPT4 that's coming out. We're getting very close to AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. Mm-hmm. And with artificial general intelligence, you'll just be able to tell it what you want. You won't have to actually have all these added steps you and procedures. You mean it'll go and make it on its own? Well, exactly. No, 100%. Okay. So for example, if you have Google Chrome right now mm-hmm. and you go to the Google Chrome app store and there's all these little icons and all those right. little things, icons represent a little uh, program that then mm-hmm. is basically supposed to do this, that, or the other, right? Sure. So what I'm saying is all of that, Google itself is mm-hmm. obsolete. Mm-hmm. All that whole concept is obsolete. Chrome is obsolete. All of this stuff, and yeah. Google knows it. This is the reason they're going hard after API too. I'm sorry, after uh, AGI as well. All of that stuff's obsoleted by this new, essentially what's going to happen with artificial intelligence. So all yeah. of our brains are designed to be thinking that when you have a problem that wants to be solved, you just add it into the little you know question mm-hmm. bar in Google. Sure. What if all of a sudden, and this is already happening, mm-hmm. um, that you're going to be able to just obviously talk to your phone, or you're going to, mm-hmm. or the phone is or your uh, your um, you know, you're a, it's like an ever present assistant kind of thing for virtually everything that you need. That's what I'm saying. Your, your, your artificial intelligence is going to be watching, monitoring. It's creepy. Yes. Everything that you're doing. And it's going to automatically jump in and basically uh, problem solve for you. I, you and I saw a funny uh, demo uh, yesterday. I showed you a video Mm -hmm. where someone had shown, had taught, this wasn't an app. This was just somebody that taught chat GPT to actually go and order a pizza for them. Yes. So they told their phone, order a pizza, and then all of a sudden, the uh, you know obviously a voice came back and said, 
you know, what kind of pizza would you like? And blah, 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 blah. Okay, then go and order it. And then what, it, what you heard was uh, the act, chat GPT then now calling using a female's voice the local pizza place, ordering the pizza, having a question back and forth as to a what conversation. Top, uh, actual conversation. And you could, it was a recording of it. You, you, the person that they were talking to at the pizza, uh, that, you know, the uh, AI was talking to at the pizza place didn't know they were talking to AI. That, see, that's the amazing thing to me because part of the, part of what you just described, like you could ask, I'm not going to say it cause she'll respond S I R I about, um, you know, tell me a great pizza shop. You, you could do that. You could Google that. You can get that far. It's the conversation because I, what I was listening for and was amazed by was that back and forth, like what kind of pizza, what size of pizza, when would you like it? The actual questioning back and forth where the AI actually apparently understood and, and had appropriate responses you, quickly. To when it. the pizza joint was asking the AI basically what they wanted, the AI completely without any delay or any way of telling that it was a uh, computer. Very natural. It was very natural. So these are all the, now where does this leave all of you? I know there's a lot of fear and loathing over AI. I read the Enman headlines. You guys got to really see what's going to happen. The people, everyone's going to have access to the same level of AI. The AI is going to get simpler to use. Everyone is going to become ubiquitous. Is going to use AI. There's going to, you're going to have full integration, and you, you're, we're already all robots. I mean, when was the last time you went someplace without your phone? And maybe mm -hmm. Apple Glasses is going to integrate your, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. But here is what's going to happen. People that know how to have meaningful conversations are going to have an unfair advantage in a world where everything else goes digital. It's going to make analog conversations. Yes. We should copyright that. Mm -hmm. It's going to make analog conversations that much more powerful because so few people will know how to do it. And because there'll be a whole you know, generation of humans that never actually learn how to have sales conversations. And the AI won't be able to actually read the nuances in people's voices. It won't. Or facial expressions. It will be able to do it probably 20 or 30%, but not like you will, naturally. The AI's got to catch up on thousands of years of human evolution, and it's not just going to do that instantaneously. Yeah, I think about all of the little, uh, the millions of little actions that you have to do as a real estate professional that sometimes you guys don't do because you either don't know how to do it, where to get the information, you feel like it's going to take too long. I'll give you an example. One of my coaching clients has a lot of acreage listed for sale along I-35 between Austin and Dallas, right? Okay, so one of the, her coaching assignments was oftentimes land like that will sell to the people who own the adjacent land. I've already got 100 acres. You've got 100 acres for sale. I like owning it there. I'm doing stuff with it. I might be the right buyer. Okay, so why has she not done it yet? Because it's a pain in the neck to go look up and find on a map and go to the treasurer's website and then find all the names of the owners and then look up their phone numbers. She could probably just ask ChatGPT to do that for her. Okay, so since you brought that up, you can use ChatGPT right now, ready for this, mm -hmm. to do a virtual tour of a house mm -hmm. that you haven't even taken the pictures of, especially if the pictures were previously mm. published online. That's interesting. Um, you could also do a virtual flyby using essentially animated uh, drone mm -hmm. photography because it has Google Earth, because it go. has Google Street View, mm -hmm. because maybe there's previous uh, you know tours that somebody actually had done in the past. Um, and it's, yes, you're using, I can only assume it's probably pulling from copyright information, but it's then regurgitating it. So the output is not copyright information. Think how kick-ass home video tours are going to be. That's what I'm saying. But right? this, this means yeah. that agents that know how to use this technology, 
And I don't think really the technology is going to be hard to use. I think it's going to be very simple. The AGI, you're going to take a new listing and you're going to plug it in. And it's going to do all this stuff without you even having to worry about yeah, it. You don't have to understand all of the things that are going on. Um, one of the examples that you played for me, maybe we're listening to it on All In, where somebody had wanted to build a business that was making like a million dollars a year or something like that. And it was just like a basic idea that was presented to ChatGPT, and within, like, what, a month, the business was built, it was already up and running, it was already making money. Yeah, there's a lot, actually. But, but did that person understand all the things that were nope. going on? No. In fact, I think it was a coder that did this, Act but it, it was like a very basic person that didn't understand all that stuff. It, it was somebody who went to ChatGPT4 and said, I want to create a, a business, and I don't want to in invest any more than $100. Right. I will be your interface with you know the physical world. You tell me what to do. You create the business plan. You create the marketing budget. Mm -hmm. You write the sales copy. You run the pay-per-click ads. You make the website. In other words, the chat GPT-4 is going to do all that, and it did. Yeah, and he I, didn't have to do anything on that list that you just rambled off. And he only put in $100. Yeah. And I, I don't remember how much money it ended up basically being yeah. able to produce. But by the way, that's mm -hmm. where the new snake oil salesmen are going to come from. I, I've already I would seen imagine. it. There's yeah. a lot of people that are telling, I make $354,000 a month using chat GPT. Liar. But yeah. that stuff is going to be a snake oil salesman always are the first ones to try to fleece the unknowing. So just be patient because what's clearly happening is all this stuff is uh, essentially evolving so quick. I don't like using that word, but it is seemingly evolving yeah. like an or organic very being. Yeah. yeah, it is very interesting. Well, so there you went. We meandered <laughs> off topic like we always Once do. Once again, we but, ended up on AI. Yeah, but still, okay. I mean, it, I think really what they need to be understanding is one thing AI will never do is replace human to human contact. No. It just won't. And people that think it will or people that try to think it will will be not competitive in the marketplace for anything. They're going to plug themselves into something and they will not probably be viable as, uh, frankly, adults. They might just be plugged in in their entire lives. There's people There'll like that tool. now. Yeah. We, I, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Failure to launch for life might be a thing. Yes. But, you know, why will your real estate clients continue to go to you assuming that you have actual real conversations because they trust you. You know, think about how stressed out people get during the transaction. They want you to lead the way. They want you to say, everything's going to be okay. You're actually going to close in 10 days and you're going to move in 12 and you're going to be all right. You guys getting what Julie's saying? Imagine um, a AI, even an AGI, being able to have a rational, being able to have a analytical forward slash emotional conversation about uh, with a seller about pricing their home. <laughs> right. And even if it could on the analytical end with comps, I, there's always going to be a little suspicion like, okay, just because AI says that, you know, I, I want somebody that knows the market, boots well, on the ground, that knows my type of house in my neighborhood. Because AI is not going to be able to factor for hu human emotional intelligence. Exactly. Or in some cases, a lack of emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. right? Anyway, sure. guys, be excited. Don't be in any way pessimistic about what's rounding the bend. Uh, Julie and I are, I promise you staying on top of all this, and we're going to tell you guys the reason that we've been wanting to do some AI pods, but the reason we haven't is because as soon as I get done writing the damn thing, even if I have chat GPT-4 help me write it, then guess what happens? Like I share it with Julie, Julie and I talk about it, and then I find something that just made half my points irrelevant. So it's we're, a moving target. We're gonna wait we are for, working on that. We're going to wait for some sort of leveling off. And then, and I do, I think it's going to come in the, uh, you're going to have AGI or AI virtual assistants. They're going to now be able to do everything for you, which means, yes, frankly, you're going to be able to get rid of some of the staff you've had, even if they're VAs, yep. but, um, you know, a really great VA, somebody that knows how, like Julie and I have some amazing VAs that work with us that we would never let go. 
Um, they become part of our family. But yeah, those folks are always going to have a place because they are creative types, which AI is not going to be able to really fill in the gaps between technology and human. But you'll no, but they'll probably those. be using more AI. Yeah, AIs, they will. They'll you know? they'll be enhanced by AI. We'll be enhanced by exactly. VAs. We're enhanced by AI. Yep. <laughs> right? All, All right. right. So guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We'll pick up tomorrow where we left off today uh, with point number four, I believe. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>